You're listening to the Rua Space Podcast. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Rua Space Podcast, where we help you make space for the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in your everyday life. I'm Phil, and I'm really glad that you've joined us today for this interview discussion with Sybil Macbeth, the author of the book Praying in Color. Now, I first came across this book because of Christine Sign's book, The Gift of Wonder, which that's always a good sign. If Christine is uh, referencing something, that's a good thing. And I am so grateful that this book came in to my life because it has really helped put a lot of language to my experience of prayer recently. It's really a wonderful invitation into a new way to pray with our hands, with colors, with pens, with art, if you will. And I am no artist, but it is what Sybil talks about, what she teaches here is a wonderful way to bring our prayer life to life, if you will, to allow it to be creative. And so she She's giving us permission into this new form of prayer. And I found it really interesting that in her book, she talks about, you know, there's many issues people experience with prayer um, that we can't sit still long enough, or we feel like it's just a list that we're writing for Santa Claus instead of a love letter to God that when we pray, we fumble for words or we get bored or we can't wait for the time to be done, or we feel like it's just something we're supposed to do rather than something we want to do. And so she she teaches us how to pray in color. We cover a lot of ground in this episode, exploring gratitude, how praying in color helps us get still, what to do with distractions, praying without words, and praying when we don't know what to say. And so no matter who you are, I think that this discussion in her book can be a real blessing to your relationship and your journey with God. And so in this episode, we talk about praying in color. She talks about um, her own journey with it. We talk about things like doodling, about how it affects us later in the day, um, what to do when distractions come in, uh, how to pray for others in color, how to pray for our enemies, and even how to engage some practices like Lexio Divina, how you can do it with color and with art and with drawing and with doodling. And because of that, we are actually going to be doing a live event together on November 15th, which for those of you listening to this episode right when it comes out, that is this upcoming Sunday. We are going to do a live event together on Facebook at 7 p.m. So you'll be able to uh, find the link on our Facebook page. And then if you are not listening to this before, the 15th, this live event will be available on YouTube. So even though you won't be able to watch it live, you'll still be able to engage this physical practice of praying in color. I know for me, it's really helped bring my prayer life alive. It's something that I'm going to engage quite frequently. And I think it's just an invitation to make space for God in our lives in a new way to pray for people in a new way, to listen for God's words and speaking in our life in a new way. And as Sybil points out, it really helps us take a step in that direction of praying without ceasing. So friends, with all of that said, thank you again so much for being here. I pray that this conversation and hopefully her book, when you go buy it, you can find it at the link below, is a blessing that it challenges you, that encourages you, and most of all, that it helps you make space for the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in your life. Well, Sybil, welcome to the Rua Space podcast. It's such an honor to have you on today. Well, thank you. Looking forward to our conversation. 
Absolutely. You know, I've much more been in the uh, silence tradition and the uh, meditation prayer tradition of praying with scripture, a lot of mind, right? And I am into the Christian yoga tradition, which is getting the body involved. But I had not for many years been into the art of prayer and coloring and and uh, allowing my hands and my uh, non-art skills <laughs> to invite me into prayer. But when your book, Praying in Color, came up in, a, in another book, I checked it out. And I have to say, this, I think, is going to revolutionize my prayer life. So thank you for that, just to start. Well, thank you. So what got you into praying in color? I know for me it was I had some people sort of force me to do it, <laughs> and I found that I enjoyed it. And then I read your book, and it started to make sense why I enjoyed it. Maybe you can tell people a little of what praying in color is, and is this something you always did, or was it a shift in your relationship with God and faith? What happened? I always tell people it came out of desperation, probably, oh, almost 20 years ago now, a whole bunch of friends and family members found out that they had these really nasty cancers like brain cancer and blood cancer and breast cancer and melanoma and glioblastoma. I mean, like 12 people in a year. And, and I, would, I would pray for them, and I would pray my sort of puny, what I call my puny one-liners. Actually, Teresa of Avila calls them her arrow prayers, where you mm. just shoot off little one-liners to God. Like, my sister-in-law was named Sue, and she, had, she was 47 and diagnosed with stage 4 uh, lung cancer and had two kids still in high school. And I would, you know, I would pray, you know, praise God, make her well, and let her live to see her kids graduate from high school and, and all those, you know, I call them puny. I'm sure God was fine with those prayers, but they just felt um, not, not good enough for the magnitude of their illnesses, right? So I used to be a community college math professor. And at the end of um, the semester in May, I would have this ritual of taking out uh, markers and colored pencils and paper and pens to the back, to a screened in back porch. And uh, we lived in a rectory or a parsonage. And um, it was sort of my way of saying summer's here and I'm not teaching for, for two months. And um, so, and I'm not an artist, okay? I'm a terrible <laughs> artist. And my grandmother and mother were both quite fine artists. They were both sibyls. And somehow that that gene just kind of missed me completely. But <laughs> somewhere along the line, a friend of mine gave me permission to doodle. So I was out there doodling one day, and this was while these friends were having these illnesses. And um, I like to draw sort of amorphous shapes, you know, just blobs, and then I'll add lines and dots, and then I'll add color. And I, I noticed that I had written the name Sue in one of the doodles. And Sue was my sister-in-law who had stage four lung cancer. And I, I really don't remember writing her name there, but I continued to kind of add dots and arcs and I added color. And after a while, I, I realized that what I was doing was I was praying for her, is that I, I needed to be present somehow to her and offer her into God's care. 
but I didn't have to have the words and God mm. didn't need me to have words. What I needed to do was be present. And so I didn't, so I just kept doing that, doodling around her. And um, I wasn't trying to chase words away. I was just not trying to force them like I often would do, you know, and then I would say, you know, previously I would say, you know, my one or two or three line prayers for this person and then the prayer would be over. But with the, with the doodling and focusing on her name and kind of just breathing her into God's presence, I didn't have to have words, but, I, but sometimes words would come. So it would end up being like an ebb and flow mm. between words and, and silence. And, and then I figured if I could do that for Sue, I could do that for all the other people on my prayer list. And I ended up with like this page of, I don't know, five or six doodles. <laughs> and not only had I had a prayer time then, but it acted like a, um, a visual prayer list. So instead of just having a piece of paper with a, on lines with names on it, I think it really does something to my brain. Like it forms a digital image and it comes back to me during the day. And when it comes back, I can either offer my one-line prayers or verbal prayers, or I can just say, you know, into your hands, God, there, I don't know what these people need and, and, and you do. Um, so that's kind of the origin of that. And I was so excited. I would do it like every day for, <laughs> you know, sometimes adding to the prayers from the day before, but sometimes starting a new, new prayer and I could post it somewhere. I might put it next to my computer or on the refrigerator. And every time I looked at it, it was a prompt for me to pray. So it's the closest I've ever come to praying unceasingly. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a great invitation because we think of prayer so frequently as such a serious thing. And it's not to say it isn't serious or that there aren't serious issues, like you talked about cancer and other significant issues, but there's an invitation almost to delight in our prayer, even when it's about something hard. And as you said, I mean, I know that that's often been the struggle for me as well, that prayer must be what I say. But I almost think I'm coming around a lot more, especially the last few months, to prayer being anything that we approach with intentionality to connect with God, even if words aren't involved. Right. Yeah, that's, that's kind of how I feel. I, I was reading something just yesterday that, that struck me. And it's kind of like, you know, when, when you just try to pay attention, then you get stuff back. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I've always had trouble with the idea of Jesus or God is my friend. Yeah. I, mean, I can see God as creator and redeemer and sustainer and you know, the good things and the judge and whatever. <laughs> but seeing God as friend has been much harder for me. And this person said, you know, sometimes it's just like you and God are in a room together, just being there. And I thought that's how I've described my prayer, my praying in color is that Sue and God and I were in a room together. And when you're in a room with people you love, you don't have to say anything. Even just yesterday, I thought, well, maybe maybe God and I can be friends. And this, this person, I can't even remember who it was. I think it was Rabbi Rami Shapiro said, um, you know, God can't be a friend if you're not involved because a friend means there's more than one, one person in the relationship. 
So I always got stuck on, you know how, how when Jesus says, um, you, I'll be your friend if you do what I tell you to do or what I command. And I thought, my mother warned me about boys like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've had to get past that as, you know, then if you love others. and <laughs> Yeah. And and one of the things about a friend is you just spend time with them, sometimes unplanned time, right? And, you know, here at Ruospace, we teach a lot of different practices. Like we mentioned meditation, Lexio Divina, um, sort of, we, we can talk about Lexio Divina in another sense soon, but kind of in the, the ancient practice of just hearing those words of different, more serious practices, which can also be fun. But what I think is so cool about this is, it gives you just a, as you mentioned in your book, quantity of time. You said at one point you can't guarantee quality, right? You said even the best dates that you set up aren't necessarily the best, but the day-to-day -day interactions that happen because of so much quantity offer something new. And this is a fun, as I would call low bar entry way to spend quantity, and, it, and, it, and I think it ends up being quality, but quantity of time in God's presence with the friend Jesus, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, you said something, uh, I, I've started to think, and, and I think I wrote this in the newer version of my book, is that um, pray and play have some things in common. You know, mm -hmm. they're almost the same word, but they both involve a letting down of your guard, surrendering to the moment, sometimes being willing to follow the leader. Um, so they're really, they really do, they're about becoming childlike. Um, so I don't think pray and play are that, that far apart, you know, and there's so much in the, in scripture about delight, you know, and that's a word we don't, we don't use very much. My mother used to use that word. She's so delightful. <laughs> and I, you know, maybe I means full of light or, you know, playful or what or whatever yeah this invitation to delight in god to delight in what you're doing i mean i know uh christine sign who came on the podcast a few weeks ago talks about even uh making and eating pancakes with maple syrup in the fall as being a, a prayer a spiritual formation experience because yeah. you're entering into the season you're aware of uh the connections between what the tree is producing and what how god is providing and art seems to be you know, when we are just even doodling here. So when we're talking about praying in color, you know, you can, you could draw the Mona Lisa, right? But I, a lot of what you're talking about in your book is, is like doodling. And this then is this natural creative energy that comes out of us. And as you mentioned in the beginning, you know, you're not an artist, right? And neither, neither am I in any way. I wish I was, I wish I had that skill, but that the doodling is something that can come naturally. So can you talk a little bit about um, this, this process of, you spend a lot of time, especially on that part in your book of the names and drawing around the names. Can you just sort of walk us through the steps for a few minutes? And so people, you know, maybe at this part in the conversation or maybe having trouble picturing what we're talking about when we're saying praying in color. When I first started doing this, it was pretty spontaneous. So I, I mean, I really remember the first person I prayed for was Sue, right? This is my sister-in-law. But after I had been doing it for a while, I thought, you know, I really want to start with God. So the very first thing I'll do is I'll choose one of the names that I use for God, whether it's God or Jesus or Holy Spirit 
or beloved one or creator. And I might, I might write that word right in the middle of my a page, right? And then I'll just start to draw around it and sit with it, kind of like I'm asking God to, be, to please be part of that experience. And when I say asking, that might start off with some words, or it might not. And, but if the words run out, I don't stop doing the drawing. And sometimes it's kind of when I'm leading workshops, I use a little egg timer that has three, you know, you flip it over, it's three minutes, it's real visual. I do everything in three minute um, intervals, just because it, that way, like when I do a workshop, there, people aren't going, oh my gosh, how long do I have to do this? You know, it's like, okay, three minutes, that's what we're going to do. And, and it's almost like Mr. Rogers. It gives you a sort of a little safe structure. This is what we're doing today. <laughs> so, so for three minutes, I might spend time inviting or asking God to be with me. And I might write down words while I'm doing that, words that come to me, and I might not. It kind of just depends. So after maybe however, whenever that feels done, or if I've timed myself, then I'll, um, then I'll pick somebody that I want to pray for. And I'll either, sometimes first I'll draw a shape and put their name in it, or I'll write their name and doodle around it. That might mean I'm, all I'm doing is, you know, fancifying the letters, <laughs> or it might mean I might draw a rectangle or a blob or a, and then I just add lines to that and I add color um, and like words may come, you know, and, and if they do, I pray them. And if they don't, I just think of that what we're doing is we're being, you know, I'm offering them to God and uh, knowing that God knows what they need better than I do. So I might, it depends. I might do that. I'm, sometimes I just pray for one person, you know, um, or I might have a whole sort of little prayer list that I'm, that I'm using. And so the prayer is like keeping them before your mind. What it's doing is like a, your hand and what you're drawing is helping you focus in on that person in God's presence. Yes. So yep. what do you do when distracting thoughts come in and you're, you're doodling, but then all of a sudden you're thinking about what happened at work earlier today or what right. you need to do tomorrow. How do you bring yourself back to that? Because, because you could doodle without praying, right? So sure. sometimes I do that too. I mean, just yeah. for fun, you know, for sheer fun. Um, and sometimes I do what you would do when you, what do you do in yoga when your, your thoughts, you, you look at them, you walk, watch them walk by. The other thing I do sometimes, and I think you could do this no matter how you pray is I often will make a little box on the bottom right hand um, side of the page. And I'll put in the things that are distracting me, like mm. pay the bill or go to the store, or finish writing an article, or whatever. Um, and Thomas Merton, in one of his books, I think it was Seeds of Contemplation, said, sometimes your distractions are your prayers. So if mm. something keeps noodling you, like call, you know, Joe, or whatever, that may be uh, something you need to add to your prayer list. So I, I don't dismiss the distractions as always being a negative they, they're just there and sometimes they inform me and sometimes they're really uh, nudges. There was a small line in one of the chapters that jumped out to me and I used to be a physics major. I, I still love science. It's oh. a big part of what I do. Um, and this thought led to a whole episode we did uh, a week or two ago. But 
this thought around keeping the person before your mind, observing their name on the paper, that in science, quantum physics is showing us that observation changes what the scientists are studying, that the smallest particle of light, which is also a wave, will function differently when observed than what's happening that they can't fully calculate when not observed. That right. that just that connection finally hit. It was one of those like mind blown moments, and I, I think there could be a whole book just about that. Right, right. I do, and and even if it doesn't change the observed, it definitely changes the observer <laughs> or the prayer or. Um, Absolutely. Well, and in that sense, so we've, we've been talking a little bit about doing this when praying for, you know, someone who's sick or sort of a intercessory type prayer. Can you take us into some other forms that, um, that this can take ways to pray with this same type of structure? Um, Playful structure, but (laughs) yeah, no, certainly a gratitude list. And, Mm. and, um, (laughs) I have I have to confess I have trouble with gratitude list because when I was I when I was a kid I was never allowed to complain and my mother used to say you sit down and write down everything you have to be grateful for so it felt a little bit like uh, not exactly punishment but yeah 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 <laughs> you know that so um, but but it is a good way to do that and some t- recently I've started to do uh, I don't do you know who Ann Voskamp is. Yeah. Yeah. So she had, she had a, she was having a grumpy period in her life. And I think she's raising and homeschooling like seven kids. And her friend, a friend of hers said, I dare you to write down a thousand things that you love. And to me, that felt much more playful and lighter than what do you have to be Mm. grateful for? Because if you ask children, what do you have, you know, what are you grateful for? They'll go, my family and my house. I mean, they, they kind of wax big. And there's something lovely about the specificity of just the minute. You know, I love this glass of iced tea. <laughs> and maybe I won't love it tomorrow, but just to be sort of grateful. And I often, I, I started doing this thing this summer. I love trees. So I made this big tree on a piece of paper and then I started adding things on the tree, little doodles of all the things that I was loving. I, I went, I spent some time in the Seattle area this summer and I love the stones on the, on the, uh, on the uh, ocean front. I mean, the on Puget mm. Sound. I just, I don't know why. And then I realized also that stones in scripture have so many different connotations. <laughs> yeah. Building stones, they're, they're instruments of torture. You know, you mm. stone people and then we are living stones. And uh, standing stones standing as well. Stones. Right, right, right. Yeah. So you can, you know, use a gratitude list. Um, I also, it's helpful for me, and I mean, you could, I think you can use all the different sort of traditional prayer forms, you know, worship or adoration, you know, some, write the name God in the center, or whatever you like to call God, and then just all the things about God that you, that just sort of a, almost a brainstorm. Um, and, and then sometimes when I just want to spend time kind of with God with no agenda, is I'll write I'll write the word God um, in the in the center. I, I, I'm big into the center. I'm not sure why. 
but you can write it anywhere you want on the page. And then I'll just start to doodle around it and kind of try to listen and try to be still. And um, so that's just sort of a prayer. I call those lingering prayer, lingering with God prayers about how you just, you know, you don't really have any agenda and you don't want to just meditate quietly. You really want this to be a meditation time with God. So that that's kind of what I, um, the way that I do it. No, you know, no. I've, I've been, I say that I was a dancer and I was a high school athlete and I don't get still on the inside by sitting still. I get still by moving. And, mm. and that doesn't mean I'm going to run around the block, but I think some people do get still on the inside by running. Um, and so I don't have to sit with my hands folded. Um, just the action of my hand on the paper kind of helps me to quiet on the inside and be able to listen. And yeah, I'm, gl I'm glad you brought that up because I think there's a lot of people in that space that, you know, I, and depending on the day, I can either sit in meditation for a really long time, just sitting, eyes closed, no problem. And there's other times when it feels impossible. And I know there's some people listening who say, yeah, you know, one of the reasons we don't do Lexio Divina um, with a way that we do at Rua Space is because they just get lost in the silence in a way that they're not engaging. But yeah. this allows us to, uh, you know, I don't think there's a, a right or wrong way to approach listening to, well, okay, there could be wrong, you know, way out there, there could be wrong ways. But in terms of if it's bringing you into a place of stillness and silence, this mm -hmm. is just another sort of invitation, another tool to create the space to connect with the spirit. Right. And so from that aspect, some people may find it really, really helpful. Some people may not. I found that it is actually really helpful, but I'm kind of, I kind of sway from one to the other and, and uh -huh. that's okay too. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is just really important. If you've found that you struggle with silence, you know, this can be a great way to enter into it because to me, there is no doubt that we all need silence. And it's just really hard if you haven't found a way that you can enter into silence well. Mm -hmm. yeah. So this is a way I would really encourage people to uh, try that out. Now, when you're first making your uh, artwork, when you're writing this out, are you doing it in, in uh, pen and pencil or are you going straight to marker, crayon, paint, whatever it might be? What, what do you normally uh, do and what have you seen works well for other people? Well, I think whatever can work for other people. And I also don't think it has to be doodling. If you're an artist and you like to draw things that look like things, have at it. And whether that's watercolor or whatever, you know, that's fine. Um, for me, I like, to, I like to draw with a black roller ball pen. You know, I draw my shapes and my lines, and then I tend to add color to it. Um, okay. But sometimes I just keep it black and white. I mean, I, there's no reason you have to add color to it. And, and I get my ego gets all caught up when people say, are you still doing your coloring workshops? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, these are important. This is about prayer. It's not about coloring. Would you ask Matisse if he was coloring? <laughs> are people still paying you to color? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did have somebody who said that to me. <laughs> I mean, they really pay you to do this, to teach them how to do this. 
That is so interesting. So the images then, you know, I want to go back to something you mentioned in the very beginning, because I don't want this to get lost, that while you are making this artwork, whether you're coloring a scene or whether it's a doodle or a, you, a person, whatever, whatever's in your mind, the praying is during that time as well. But you mentioned this idea of it helps you enter into praying without ceasing that this sticks with you after you put the pen down. This is returns later. So, so what does it return like for you, if that makes sense? How does it stick with you? You know, it, it may have to do with partly with learning styles. I remember when I was in um, college in particular, I think in high school and under that, you're, you're more scared not to write on the lines. But I used to take notes in really kind of wacky ways. Like I'd put stuff on the diagonal and so, or in blobs, you know, uh, in math class or in, or in whatever science class or whatever. And so when I would go back and study, I would say, hey, you know, that quadratic formula stuff was on the upper left-hand side of the mm. left page of my notebook. So there, there's a visual quality that I think st sticks in my head. Now, I don't know if it does that for everybody. Um, you know, so that, that's way. And then also I can, like I said before, I can plant the, the thing that I've done. And I always, when you talk about artwork, that makes me a little nervous because what I do is not, I don't call it, I don't, it's just like a visual prayer. It's not, <laughs> I don't think out of an artwork because then I think C minus, C minus. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> Having flashbacks to my bad grades in art. Oh, no. See, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm used to my, my children whose artwork is, uh, a folded pipe cleaner that's been cut and taped to another piece of paper. So that's ah, my, my nice. that's my standard. When I say artwork, okay. it is okay. pipe cleaner taped to construction paper. That sounds good. <laughs> I completely uh, un understand that. Yeah. So I do think that maybe the brain holds those images as a picture for me. So it does come back to me throughout the day, you know, in a way that if I, I, I just feel like, you know, I love words and I like to write and I love Scrabble. <laughs> but when it comes to prayer, I get really shy with God. And I have a niece who just is probably an F on the Myers-Briggs. She's a feeling type. And she has no trouble just having these lovely conversations with God. And you know, that sort of has made me feel a little bit like a subpar Christian. <laughs> but I do think it's partly about personality type. It's like, I, you know, I don't, if I, if I write a letter and it's not a Pulitzer Prize winning letter, then I better not send it. Oh. I feel that way about prayer. Some, even though I tout that it's about play and stuff, it's been very hard for me to actually buy into that. I mean, mm. And the, and praying in color has helped me to see that that's what it's about. I, I really do. It really felt like an enormous gift to me when I was struggling and had no way to um, process or, or pray. Um, yeah. No, I think our, our, our minds remember physical things that we see, but even even if someone's mind doesn't remember the image, I think what's great about doing it this way 
is you do then have that physical thing. And I, I mentioned standing stones a little while ago because uh, I knew I wanted to sort of get to this point at some point, this idea that it's something you can put in your car, in your purse, in your backpack, on the fridge, and it is then a visual reminder Mm-hmm. of it. And throughout the Bible, I would say one of the most important things that God returns to over and over and over and over again is do not forget, do not forget, do not forget. Mm-hmm. Don't forget what God has done. Don't forget what, how God showed up. Don't forget, you know, all of these stuff. I mean, that's how we have the Bible, right? It's a reminder of who God is and what God has done. So we can trust that today. Uh-huh. And that's why I think something like journaling is as terrible as I am at it. When I do it, I, re- I remember, and then I love to return back to it and be reminded of, oh, how did God respond to that prayer? Was it in the way I expected? Was it in a different way? How was I affected? How was I changed? It acts like when Joshua and the people go over the river and God says, build up these stones so that in the future, when, when your children or others ask, why are they there? You can tell this story. And I feel a little bit like the things we create can function a little bit that way. They can be a reminder. They can draw us back, mm. especially when we have so many visual reminders of the world all day. It's like a visual reminder of God. Mm-hmm. You could, that. you know, you can also take a screen, you know, take a screenshot of the of the thing you've drawn, or scan it and use it for your screensaver for the day. Yeah, um, absolutely. Now, with, as as a part of that, you know, you were saying uh, that you that you visualize it, that that's how you took your notes and you then remember it. One of the things you mentioned that I thought was really cool, but I would love some more detail on is you said um, on page 35, I think, uh, well, that's the old version. I know you keep making fun of me for having the old version of the book. So I don't know if it's on page 35, but whenever worry about a person seeps into your consciousness, consciousness, picture them in color surrounded by the love and care you offered when you sat with them in prayer. Envision them in the care and presence of God. Act as if you really believe that God will take care of them. Mm. Can you just expound on that a little bit? Because I liked the image. Um, and I think, I, I think if I work at it, I can be there. Um, but can you just, sh- can you in any way share a little bit of what that, what that is for you? Um, because I just found that to be very comforting. Um, you know, I think, and I think I wrote this in the book, that worries are a great starting place for prayer, but it's not a good staying place. You know, because when I pray for somebody, especially the people in my family, my, kid, my, my grown adult kids, is that sometimes the more words I use, um, the more worried I get. Mm. And so if I just write their names and kind of sit with them and try not to um, verbalize to some extent, uh, you know, because usually what happens is I know how to fix them. And if they would just pay attention, um, you know, so it gets into me playing God sometimes when I'm using words or, you know, sometimes when we pray, we're like, oh, God, I know you want them to do such and such. Well, you know, I really don't know that. Maybe their journey is not as straight, and maybe it's torturous and circuitous, and that's what they need, and I need to get out of the way. So 
a lot of times when I sort of say that about, you know, I have a picture of somebody and I've wrapped them in color and shape and doodles, I'm really saying, this is between you and them, God. Mm. And this is not, you know, if you want me to do something, you better make it clear because I'm going to get in there and butt in and sort of tell them that they can't take care of it without me. Um, so I, for me, it really is sometimes about releasing people. Um, and I don't think that's a cop-out. I mean, sometimes I have thought, but I really don't think it's a cop-out. I think we give people their dignity when we let them have their, and we assume they don't have a relationship with God or, you know, or as they talk about in 12-step programs with a higher power. And that's a really arrogant attitude on my part to assume that God's not working in them or that they don't have some kind of relationship with God that they don't tell, share with me because I'll probably tell them it's not right <laughs> <laughs> or I have a better way. Yeah. I, I don't see it as arrogant. I think that's a, a, a humble way to come about it as well as a more inviting way where again, we're not having to come up with the words. We're not bringing the answers to God. I mean, Jesus tells us your father already knows what you need before you ask, right? That uh, Paul talks about, we don't know the words. So the Holy Spirit, you know, groans for us, right? right. So I think that's a very inviting way to say, hey, even, even if you think you know what to pray for for them or what I've discovered, especially lately, you know, I, I lead these these prayer meetings for for our community right now. And sometimes there's so much, I mean, we're recording this in the middle of a pandemic and in the middle of an election year, in the middle of an economic crisis. <laughs> I, I, yeah. what, I don't even know anymore what to say for people. What, what, what am I going to say that God doesn't already know? What am I, you know, who, but so to me, that's an invitation to say, I want to bring them before God, but don't know how. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a great way to begin to do that. And God may bring words or God may not, but you've still brought them before God. Mm -hmm. And that's going to impact you and them. Right. It certainly impacts me. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So we are coming close to the end of our time. And I just want to mention to people that we have only scratched the surface here because you have chapters on praying this way for remembering, for discernment with calendar, for our enemies, how to do it on the computer. There are so many cool offshoots of doing this. So I would say first, I would encourage everyone to go get the book, read it um, and start to put it into practice. But one that I would be uh, remiss if I didn't ask you about, because I, I think we're going to form a, a live event off this, was just for a minute, you know, I, I don't, a lot of people listening to this probably know Lexio Divina, Divine or Sacred Reading with Scripture, but you can do it in color, which is so great. So can you just give us a quick, quick insight into Lexio Divina in color, because then on November 15th, which if you're listening to this before November 15th, then you can join us at that live event. The details will, uh, I will put them in the outro to this. Um, but if you're listening after the 15th, then the video will still be up. And I still encourage you to go do it. You, you know, we may not see your comments live, but you can still engage this very practice we're talking about. So can you, can you just introduce us to it? Because I, I, I absolutely am in love with this. 
Um, I, you know, I noticed that I was reading your version of Lexio on there. And um, I always say that the desert fathers and mothers who started doing this, what, 700? Yeah, it was a long I mean, time anyway, ago. That they probably are rolling in their grave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's we we definitely shift it sometimes to other ways, but yeah, there's yeah. There, there's very variations of it. Yeah. I, but I think that what I what I do is the second piece. What I, the second piece, you know, first the lex the the Latin words. The first piece is lexia, right? You read the scripture and you choose a word that jumps out at you or that that delights you or that irks you or whatever. And then, um, and I, I, I first started doing it this way at a, somebody asked me to present Praying in Color at a writer's conference. And I was mm. like, ooh, that's interesting. So then I have people take the word and put it in the middle of the page. And I have them brainstorm everything that they know about that word, whether it's silly or stupid, um, really literally brainstorming and to write those words all over the page. For example, one time I was, I love the word incarnation. Yeah. Make God, God becoming flesh. And so I wrote down, um, and you may be too young to know this, carnation instant breakfast. Because <laughs> 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 carnation was in there, right? So just everything that comes to mind and try not to be spiritual. I mean, you know, if, 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 sort of theological or religious words or holy words come out, great. But just, it's a way of clearing your brain of any preconceptions you have about that word, right? So you do that, and we might do that for five minutes or however long it takes you to get all that stuff that you think about that word, right? So then you take, get rid of that sheet and then get a new sheet and write the word again in the middle of the page, whatever that word was, and then you just start to, in the same way that you do with a person, is just start to doodle around that word in whatever way you want to. And this is the listening piece. Instead of you sort of forcing things onto the page, you know, forcing, oh, this is what this means, is this is, you are the, you are, this, part, this word is a guest in your house and you are going to listen to it, and you are going to listen to what maybe God has to say to you about it, but you're really going to listen. So you, you start to draw around it and doodle, and then if you hear other words, write them down. So it's once again, I'm not trying to chase words away when I do this. I'm just not trying to um, force things. This, mm. this gives me time. I, I think that's one of the things I love about praying in color for me is that it gives me time to, to be in God's presence and just gives me more time to hear and to listen. And, uh, and so that's the, that's sort of the way that the, the my version of Lexia was kind of. <laughs> yeah, no, I like it because to me, it's a practice that, you know, however the steps are that you do it, you know, whether you're just, you know, we, we do some, some of listening for a word, why that word or phrase, how might it be challenging or encouraging? Right. And I know there's variations of um, how are you going to act on it? You know, praying to God, what those thoughts, all, all these things, but mm -hmm. that process of listening and doing it with God's word and then adding this physical visual element. I, I think that's really fun. And I think, again, a, a creative way for people to engage this ancient practice that can be just really life-giving. Mm -hmm. So uh, what I would 
finish with, my final question would be, what would your final encouragement or challenge be for people as they, you know, expand their experience of praying in this way or are looking to do it for the first time, maybe? Well, you know, I guess what I hope, I, I see myself as a permission giver. In other words, we, you know, scripture is not really de very detailed about how to pray, mm -hmm. right? It tells us to pray, but it doesn't always tell us how to do that other than the Lord's Prayer, right? Um, so, I, you know, I guess if somebody wanted to start out and be really simple about it is to think of somebody that's really on your heart and that you just feel like you have no idea what, what to, to say about it. It's even just write their name on a piece of paper, right? And if you want to write down the things, you, write down the things that you are worried about for them. I mean, of course, it might not even be worried. It might be somebody's having a baby and you're just delighted. So, um, and then just really start to draw or, or, you know, with a pen, you don't even have to use color. I like to use colored pencils and I like, mostly I like colored markers. Uh, that's about sort of, I don't, I don't like crayons cause I think they're really hard to use mm. and they make, make me feel even really more incompetent <laughs> than artists. So, um, so real, I mean, just basic, write the name on a piece of paper, start to draw around it, um, invite God to be in there with you and just see what happens. I mean, time yourself if you want, you know, put 10, put 10 minutes on your timer um, and, and make yourself stay in the chair. I, I think that's one of the things that praying in color has done is it's given me, it's kept me in the chair. You know, it's yeah. kept me in the prayer closet. And so I think of my little piece of paper as a prayer closet that I hunker over and um, I go there and I pray. Absolutely. Well, I think that permission is a beautiful invitation for a new way or uh, another way, maybe not a new way, but another way to connect with God. So thank you so much for sharing that. I, I know it's blessed me. I pray it's a blessing to all those who are listening. Now, where can people find you? Where they, can they connect with you uh, deeper? Uh, where would you like to send people? Um, I do have a website, which is just prayingincolor.com, all lowercase letters. Um, I, do a, I do an occasional blog, sometimes once a week, sometimes once a month, especially getting ready to do, I, I like to provide calendar templates for Advent. Um, and so you, I have posted those, you can download them. They, it's a calendar, some, sometimes just a block, but sometimes a little more creative. And every day you can uh, pray for somebody or you can write an Advent word. So it's a way of, you know, the Advent calendars and- yeah. And, and stores where you open them up and by the end they look trashed. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> oh, you've yeah. opened up all the doors. This is sort of the opposite of that. I think it <laughs> as a count up for Christmas. You're creating this beautiful tapestry of prayer. Every day you mm -hmm. add a little uh, prayer for somebody or you might use Advent words like prepare, watch, wait, Messiah, uh, despair, darkness, light. 
Um, so those are the kinds of things you can find on my uh, website. And I then you can, you can also buy the book, Praying in Color. Um, which everyone should do. It'll be linked below. So I highly recommend everyone to go do that. Well, Sybil, thank you so much for taking the time to come on. Thank you for writing the book. Thank you for sharing. Uh, I am honored and really appreciate your time and insights. Well, thank you for having me. It's been fun to talk with you. Hey friends, Phil here again. Before you go, I just want to say thanks again for joining me for this discussion with Sybil Macbeth, the author of Praying in Color. If you enjoyed this conversation, I really do highly recommend you go check out her book, Praying in Color, at the link in the description below this episode. That's a blessing to Sybil. I believe it'll be a blessing to you. And when you buy it through that link, you actually support Rua Space as well. And then don't forget, this upcoming Sunday, November 15th, we're doing that live event on Facebook at 7 p.m. Central Time. And that'll be an opportunity to engage a practice, to uh, ask questions, to hear our experience with the prayer. And if you are not able to watch it live, it will be on YouTube. And as soon as that is up, you can also find that at the link below this discussion. It'll take you straight to that practice. And then finally, friends, we did recently open up our Patreon page. This is a way that if you've been blessed by Rua Space, if you want to help support this ministry and keep it alive and would like exclusive content such as live events, exclusive podcast episodes and blog posts, as well as giveaways, you can find the link to Patreon below for just $5 a month. You get access to all of that and you help us continue to provide this content to people all over the world. That means a lot to us. So friends, as you go forth, may you pray in color. May you make space for the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and may you engage this deeper relationship that God is inviting you into. Grace and peace, friends. Mm -hmm.